It's early 2000 in Minneapolis. Deborah Potts putters around her home feeling agitated because there's so much clutter. She decides to get a head start on spring cleaning. She scans the living room and her eyes land on the old trombone. Its case still sports the name her son gave it back in middle school, Bessie. Deborah chuckles. She thinks back on him tooting away at it upstairs after dinners. He hasn't played it in years, and he's at college now. He won't even miss it. She sits at her computer and pulls up eBay. She's not a heavy user, but has been enjoying making a buck or two off some old tchotchkes. And it's been fun to see this new strange digital community take shape. She lists it with an initial asking price of $60. Modest, she thinks. Over the next few days, a couple of bids come in. The price rises to $75. So far, so good. But then Deborah gets a curious email from an unusual email address. CharityRobot at PayPal.com It's a bot writing to Debbie. It tells her that it's bidding on items for charity and would like to buy her item. This is new. If you're okay doing business with a computer instead of a human, reply to this email. I will automatically place a bid. There's a catch, though. Deborah has to accept payment through something called PayPal. She's seen other users on the site mention PayPal, but she doesn't know exactly what it is. Still, it sounds like a good deal. I mean, if she signs up, she gets $10. It says she'll likely get a higher bid on Bessie. And with PayPal, she'll be paid right away, and she won't have to worry about being swindled by some bad check. What the hell? I guess it's worth a shot. She feels a bit strange, corresponding with a robot, but she writes back, To whoever is over there, sounds good. The robot sends a sign-up link for PayPal, and the deal is made. Soon, Deborah sees the payment company's logo, its fat blue letters popping up across the site. The bids roll in, and the payment process is seamless. Deborah's happy. Other eBayers are also happy. PayPal is certainly happy. But eBay? eBay doesn't like this transaction one little bit. Enjoy a powerful business upgrade with Dell Technologies' Black Friday in July event. Get amazing savings with up to 50% off high-performance computers and tech built for business. And be able to take your office with you with Windows 10 Pro. Plus, get great offers on Dell servers, monitors, docks, and more, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. And speak with a Dell Technologies advisor today. Louisiana's diverse landscapes include dense timber forests and seafood-rich coastlines. And every step along the way, you'll find a business environment that's strong, diverse, and ripe with opportunity. Need proof? Louisiana is where NASA and higher ed partners build rockets that will soon put the first women on the moon. It's also where the port system delivers the most domestic cargo in the U.S., and Louisiana is home to the best workforce development program in the country. See what Louisiana economic development can do for you. Visit OpportunityLouisiana.com today. From Wondery, I'm David Brown, and this is Business Wars.
we're looking at the collision between eBay and PayPal, who are racing to take over e-commerce on the quickly developing web. In our last episode, we saw PayPal evolve after a few incarnations into a unique payment platform. While PayPal is still in its embryonic phase, the fast-growing auction site eBay is a fertile place to latch onto as PayPal develops and refines itself. For a time, this symbiotic arrangement works. But eventually, PayPal will evolve so fast that it will challenge its host, and eBay will fight back with fury. You are listening to Episode 3, PayPal Goes Viral. In the midst of the dot-com boom, money pours into Silicon Valley. The -the over-the-top spending is staggering. Startups are popping up like dandelions and ballooning on ego and IPO money before flaming out in spectacular fashion. Webvan, an online grocery, raises $800 million before running out of capital and going out of business. Pets.com loses $147 million in the first nine months of 2000 alone before closing down in November, laying off 300 employees. Dot-coms of all stripes spend lavishly on employee perks that begin to seem more like entitlements for this swaddled sector of workers. A web business whisks its entire workforce to California's wine country for a weekend of Chardonnay and pâté. An online ad agency hires Tito Puente to play at its Christmas party. Cybernet collects hundreds of thousands of dollars of fine wine just because... None of these wasteful branding schemes, of course, generate any measurable return on investment. Around this time, in advance of its public launch, PayPal wonders, what's the best way to grow? And fast. Level-headed CEO Peter Thiel figures the fastest, most effective way is to get its own customers themselves to spread PayPal. But how? He's watched other digital startups burn through fat advertising budgets with little to show for it in the end. PayPal dabbles in business development deals with big banks, but the conversations stall. Sometimes, the simplest, most direct answer is the best. Tio leans forward with a gleam in his eye, like he wants to tell Levchin a secret. What if, what if we simply pay people to sign up? (laughs) People definitely would. And what if we paid those who sign up even more if they can land referrals? The solution is as ingenious as it is simple. Each person who joins PayPal will receive a $10 deposit in his or her account just for registering and providing a credit card number. For every new user that person refers, that person gets another $10 bounty. 20 bucks may seem a lot of money to spend on each customer, but the management team calculates it's a rather modest outlay, all things considered. After all, it has no marketing costs. Many dot-coms spend several hundred dollars for each customer it acquires. And just think of the genius of this simple move. PayPal essentially turns its customers into its own trusted salespeople, many with wide networks. If PayPal spends $2 million on inducements, it can count on 100,000 registrants. And that's before it goes viral, as it expects to do. Spreading virally matters for a couple of reasons here. 
Mathematical formulas show that viral growth is infectious. The number of users that PayPal starts with is far less important than the rate at which it grows. PayPal will go viral because, Teal believes, well, people behave like sheep. Not a flattering picture of humanity and one that he feels compelled to explain to the troops in an office meeting. Okay, everyone, I think I need to explain why I think this approach will work. It's not sinister. It's just the way people operate. The thing is, people don't reflect on what they want. They borrow their desires from other people. Investors flock. They follow what others are doing, even when it makes no sense at all. That's why you have financial bubbles and panics. Teal's crew is listening, some with arms crossed. But gradually, heads begin to nod. By the looks on some of their faces, Teal sees that there are some who are still unconvinced. He presses on. Look at the fashion world. New styles and trends are decreed from above. People simply follow along. That is what we'll tap into. When our users get the technology, they will spread it to other people. And those other people will want the technology once they see someone else has it. We will be everywhere. In some ways, it pains Teal to play this card. He's banking on the herd instinct for PayPal to succeed. And that runs directly against his libertarian worldview that people should be independent thinkers. The irony here is thick. But he reminds himself that his hedge fund, backed by conservatives like himself, expect a return on their investment. And after all, no one's forcing people to act en masse. He can live with this apparent contradiction if he can build a company to take over the world. In fact, that becomes PayPal's rallying cry. Luke Nosek, a Polish-born co-founder, puts a counter on his monitor labeled World Domination Index to tally the snowballing number of signups. Soon after the launch, with its financial inducements greasing the wheels, PayPal notices two surprising trends. The first is that the Palm application, the side of the business that Teal, Levchin, and everyone else envision as the backbone of the company, is not gaining traction. The real action is happening on PayPal's schlocky website with slapdash graphics. This is kind of shocking, considering that Levchin created the website at the last minute. The second surprise is where that business is coming from. It's not the young and tech-savvy knowledge economy professionals that PayPal imagined as their target audience. One worker calls a colleague over to watch the sales on the computer screen. Hey, check this out. Our customers aren't techies. These are middle Americans selling old clothes and garage sale stuff on eBay. I mean, seriously, beanie babies? Vintage Tupperware? An old trombone? These middle-aged auctioneers instantly get why they should be using PayPal. The incentives are welcome, but the thing that hooks them in is the ease of use and lower fees. eBay sellers used to have to rely on credit cards, which charge a 6% fee. It could take weeks for them to receive their money. But PayPal charges only 2.5%, and payment is instant. Instant satisfaction we're talking about. But wait, there's more. 
The business media begins to sense that this could be big, as tiny mom-and-pop businesses like JD's Tile Cutting Supply of Pasadena, California, go worldwide on the eBay platform. Owner Joan Hullett tells the Wall Street Journal that the money from eBay credit card sales that used to take a month to reach her, now you wake up in the morning and there's money in your account. Over the course of a year, the Journal reports, Joan grosses more than $55,000. Not a bad salary for selling stuff on eBay. Other online auction sellers pick up PayPal for the same reasons. Thousands of them, then tens of thousands, and then hundreds of thousands. But one day, out of the blue, an email from an eBay user arrives that floors PayPal's chief operating officer, David Sachs. Can I have permission to display the PayPal logo on my auctions? Sachs, who's been there since the earliest days of PayPal, thinks about the company's old idealism. It's plans to shake up the establishment, and this email is a jolt. The libertarian zeal of those startup days. What's happened? Use PayPal's logo like some advertising sticker? He takes the question to Teal. David, of course, that's free advertising. And if other people do it too, just imagine. They will, David. I told you. People will copy whatever those around them are doing. But the user who emailed Sachs isn't the only one on eBay marketing PayPal. Several thousand auctioneers add clickable links to their own home pages, complete with detailed descriptions of how to sign up for PayPal. Remember, every sign up is an extra 10 bucks for the auctioneer. So, PayPal has not only gone viral, with users providing free advertising, they're essentially selling PayPal. Happily. It's kind of insane. And these auctioneers are the best form of marketing that exists. The proselytizing converted. Less than two months after the initial email seeding, the company hauls in 12,000 PayPal accounts. And there are 10 million registered users on eBay. The potential here is enormous. The World Domination Index inches upward. Still, there's no time to relax. Other companies are trying to mimic PayPal's business model. Teal realizes the only way to survive will be to grow the fastest. In keeping with his idea meritocracy, he tells employees that PayPal has to grow faster and he solicits suggestions. Nosek, with short brown hair and a gaunt face and one of Levchin's first hires, is excited about a scheme he's come up with. He shares it with Eric Jackson, the company's marketing chief. I've got this idea to get more sellers to start accepting PayPal. Okay, let's hear it. Well, what we need to do is go out and start buying stuff on eBay and and insist on using PayPal to pay for it. (laughs) Come on, Luke, get real. There are over 3 million auctions on eBay. We don't have that much money. Well, we don't need to buy every auction item. Sellers often list multiple items at a time, right? Instead of buying all their items, we buy one. But we insist they use PayPal for the purchase. Uh, How do we do this? How do we buy something from every seller on eBay? We build a bot. A bot? A robot, a computer bot. A bot designed to find certain types of auctions. And then when it finds them, it bids on things just like a human and tries to win the auction and pay for it with PayPal. 
The seller might even think he's dealing with a human buyer. Now, wait, so the bot would just act like a human and buy auctions using PayPal? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, just one problem with your plan. Um, what if the seller doesn't want to accept PayPal? The following day, they come up with a cynically sentimental ploy. They'll launch a bot that's buying the items for charity. Now, who would turn that down? Where's my order? Where's my order? Where's my order? Break free from customer support monotony. Welcome to Intercom for Customer Support, the business messenger that uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Intercom's business messenger resolves questions that can be answered automatically, so customer support feels less like Groundhog Day and more like help is on the way. Go to intercom.com support to learn more about Intercom's business messenger for customer support. Birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance or finally understanding all those terms your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Go to Investor.gov today to learn about these investment products and more. How much do you already know about investing? Find out by putting your financial knowledge to the test with their new investment quiz. Investor.gov is your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest, Investor.gov. PayPal's success breeds a slew of copycat competitors with names like PayPlace and G-Money, E-Money Mail, and Yahoo Pay Direct. All are vying for a slice of the online transactions market. But PayPal's most direct threat comes from eBay itself. PayPal and eBay once had a symbiotic relationship. Now, CEO Meg Whitman sees PayPal as a parasite sucking money out of its own network. She believes eBay should be making money off these transactions, and even more worrisome, she's concerned that PayPal is growing so fast that it could overtake eBay. She summons her chief aides to the company's San Jose office and gets right to the point. These guys are siphoning money out of our network. We need to cut them out. Her tech chief doesn't see PayPal as necessarily a threat. They do make payments easy, though, Meg. It seems like a lot of our users are happy about that. If anyone is making a profit off our transactions, it needs to be us. We're working it on... It needs to be us. To confront PayPal, eBay buys BillPoint, a credit card processing business that partnered with Wells Fargo. eBay promptly shuts BillPoint and revamps it to handle millions of auction sales. Severe power outages strike just as eBay is rebuilding Billpoint. This time it's not eBay's fault, but that's cold comfort to customers. PayPal, meanwhile, continues to grow. eBay tries to waylay PayPal by insisting third-party ads reduce their size, forcing PayPal logos to shrink by 75%. Every auctioneer with a PayPal logo has to adjust. Some grumble on the message boards. 
Meanwhile, billpoint logos are placed at the top of auction sites for peak visibility, while PayPal is relegated to the bottom. To encourage billpoint signups, eBay waives its usual cost to sellers of 25 to 50 cents an item. They can list for free on the first day of selling. Billpoint's share of auctions jumps from 1% to 10% in just one day. It took PayPal a month to make those kind of numbers. At PayPal, marketing chief Eric Jackson seeks out Nosek. He's worried. Utterly demoralizing. Nosek has his feet on his desk. He stares at a ficus plant near the window. He calmly turns to Jackson. We'll be okay. Billpoint doesn't run as well as PayPal. And they're overcharging. Is this always how it is? Whenever a new service comes out, it overtakes the old one? The question hangs. But a strange thing happens. Billpoint's share slips to 6% over the course of several days. Sellers take advantage of the free offer and flood their auctions with new items. But this creates an oversupply and the inventory sits around longer. Sale prices slide. Sellers are not happy. PayPal moves up to 30% of all transactions. eBay parries with another free listing day with similar results. Billpoint tops out at 14% before free-falling to half of that as users drift back to PayPal. A third free listing day does little to improve Billpoint's position. At this point, eBay is losing millions. Whitman summons her chiefs back to her office. This isn't working. What else can we do? We could try something called buy it now. Uh, This allows a seller to fix a price rather than take bids. And then we'll use Billpoint as the default payment option. Hmm. Will that work? Well, since Billpoint would be the default option, if users wanted to still use PayPal, they'd have to change the settings. That'll annoy people. It'll slow them down for sure. And that could slow PayPal's adoption in a big way. Well, let's do it. But eBay doesn't stop there. Its next move comes after planes crash into the Twin Towers and the dust of that tragic event is still settling over America. 9-11 provides an unparalleled opportunity for PayPal's quiet charity bots. So what does eBay do? Well, it announces that it's barring sellers from participating in charity auctions unless they use Billpoint. It seems both callous and opportunistic. That tone-deaf move further alienates its most fervent users who unleash a barrage of negative criticism. Then eBay launches Checkout, designed to make transactions simpler and more streamlined, But eBay users interpret the new payment system as a way to funnel more users to Billpoint and away from PayPal, which is part of their own identity by now. They rebel. Thousands of angry online auction sellers threaten to yank their products off of eBay over the site's new payment system. eBay quickly backs down. And with that retreat, PayPal is back in the catbird seat, grabbing 70% of all eBay transactions. And there is nothing eBay can do to stop PayPal's viral momentum. It's growing simply because it's growing. P. 
Peter Thiel's herd mentality theory appears to be right on the money. In the meantime, PayPal has transitioned users away from credit cards, which cost PayPal a 2 plus percent fee on every transaction. Instead, the company asks users to directly link their transactions to their bank accounts. As the company grows, its financial situation improves. Though still deeply in debt, PayPal is on the road to profitability as its competitors have largely burned out. Snuffing out competition is key to Teal. He explains this to a Forbes interviewer. There are really only two kinds of businesses in this world. There are businesses that are in crazy competition, and there are one-of-a-kind businesses that are monopolies. Crushing the competition works, at least until a new kid with a glitzy, some would say porn-like name, X.com, rolls into town and takes up residency virtually next door to PayPal. In our next episode, Teal may have met his match in the dynamic young South African entrepreneur, Elon Musk, a man with the confidence and vision to match Teal's. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Business Wars. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or wherever you happen to be listening right now. You'll find a link on the episode notes. Just tap or swipe over the cover art, and you'll also see some offers from our sponsors. We hope you'll support our show by supporting them. Now, if you like what you've heard, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe, too. Another way you can support us is to answer a short survey at wondery.com survey and tell us what business war stories you'd like to hear next. And just a quick note about the conversations you've been hearing on our program. We can't know exactly what was said, but this dialogue is based on our best research. I'm your host, David Brown. Adam Pennenberg wrote our story. Karen Lowe is senior producer and editor. Jenny Lauer produced this episode. Sound designed by Bay Area Sound. Our executive producer is Marshall Louie, created by Hernan Lopez for Wondery. For over 100 years, General Motors was America's automaker. But after the 2008 financial crisis, the storied car company nearly died. Hi, I'm Lindsey Graham, host of Wondery's show, Business Movers. We tell the true stories of business leaders who risked it all, the critical moments that define their journey, and the ideas that transform the way we live our lives. In our latest series, an HR executive named Mary Barra rises to become General Motors' first female CEO, just in time to save the company from ruin. But as Mary fights to lead General Motors into the future, tragedy strikes. Listen to General Motors Back from the Dead from Business Movers on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or the Wondery app. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app to listen ad-free.